Let's turn our Bibles this morning, please, to Psalm number 55. Psalm number 55. It was as I was thinking this week, waiting before the Lord, and I thought about a text for 2020 that I could leave before you dear people, like a motto text for a year. And I felt the Lord press in my soul, verse 22 of Psalm 55. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And let's just read the chapter together. Uh, from Let's read from verse number 1, Psalm 55. Uh, our text will be verse 22, but let's read the psalm together, please. Let us hear the word of the living God. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they cast iniquity upon me and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror have overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. For them would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, them would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it, upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is, wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from the streets, from her streets. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou. A man mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. He have delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old, Selah. Because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. He have put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He have broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shall bring down them, them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. Amen. We'll end our reading there. And we know God will bless the reading of the word to every heart. It is verse 22, as I say, that I want to look at with you today. 
Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And as we step out in 2020, we will look at this this morning in light of that. Let's unite our hearts together, please, in prayer, and come again before the Lord. And let's just take a moment here. All too soon, the benediction is going to be pronounced. All too soon, morning worship is going to be over. And therefore, pray that God will speak to your heart in the minutes that we have before us, that he'll touch your soul, and the lover of your soul will come by and draw near to you. You could say that just quietly in your heart. Come by, Lord. Come near. Touch me. Touch my soul. Almighty God and Father in heaven, in the holy name of Jesus Christ, by his blood, we approach again the mercy seat where Jesus answers prayer. Humbly fall before his feet, for none ever perish there. Bow down beneath the load of sin by Satan sorely pressed. Fightings without and fears within. We come to thee for rest. Abide with us now in these moments. Thank thee for the book of God. And our own mother tongue. Thank thee for the word of God that shows us Christ. And O God I confess before thee. Before this gathered congregation. My complete unworthiness. And my complete inadequacy. To deal with what is before me now in the meeting. Forgive my sins, for they are many. Empty me of self and sin. And anything in my life that will hinder, by thy grace remove it, and by thy blood wash it away. And empty me now and fill me with the Spirit. Grant that divine anointing. Grant that holy baptism. Let the blood of the Lamb prevail. Standing into the victory of Christ's cross. O God, hear prayer. May the Spirit control the meeting, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for God's eternal glory. Amen. Amen. The psalm would seem to be at a time in David's life when he had been betrayed, when he had been let down by one that claimed to be a friend. I'm only simply giving you the setting in which we find it here. In verse 12 of the psalm, David tells us, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance, we took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. The psalmist here, he mourns, a false friend. One that was not what they pretended to be. Certainly Ahithophel could be in view. Absalom could be in view. Judas Iscariot certainly foretold here. But David can bear from an enemy as he explains to us in those verses. But he can't bear it from a friend. It has grieved him. It has hurt him. And verse Six, he says, and I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. 
Verse 7, Lo, then I would wander off and remain in the wilderness. Verse 8, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. The storm's blowing for him. It's not an easy day in his life. You see, the one that had betrayed David had been one thing to his face and another thing behind his back. It just speaks of treachery. Verse 20 tells us of the psalm, He hath put forth his hand against such as be at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. David says there's no need for this. Verse 21, The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were there drawn swords. The thought is, plans had been made. That's what it means, drawn swords. Plans had been made to destroy David. A sword, you know what it is, it's a, it's, a, it's a weapon of battle. And thus David is showing us here, he knew people in their hearts, though before him they seemed okay, yet in their hearts, battle was in their hearts. But you contrast their behavior with David's behavior. Look what he said, verse 1, Give ear to my prayer, O God. Here's his action. Hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. Verse 16. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Verse 17. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. There's David's action. What about his affliction? Verse 4. My heart is so pained within me. And the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Verse 5, fearfulness and trembling are come upon me and horror have overwhelmed me. His action, he gives himself to prayer. His affliction, he describes it in verse 4 and 5. His application is our text. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee and he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I want to take that text this morning and I want to speak on a message that I've entitled Dealing with the burdens of life. Dealing with the burdens of life. The first thing I want to show you from this text is the burden revealed. The burden revealed. Verse 22 says, cast thy burden upon the Lord. There are times in life when the burden upon the heart of an individual can be very difficult to bear. And it is rightly said, That the only one who bears it, or the one who bears it, is the only one who knows how difficult it is. It is easy when we look upon others and we see their burden to try to understand, but we don't. Because we don't walk in their shoes. We don't get up in the morning with their problem. We don't get up in the morning with their burden can be family burdens, concern about the future, spiritual struggles, temptations, trials of different things, maybe even a burden that you can't talk about, nobody knows about it, but you and your God. When the text says, cast thy burden, the word for burden is yahab. This is the only time in the Bible the word is used. This once. That means cast thy burden, cast thy lot. 
that which providence has brought upon you. That which has come that has perplexed your soul and your heart. A long trial. Death. These things come upon us and perplex us. We didn't bring them, they came. And they're hard to deal with. Cast thy burden, thy lot. Many in scripture had heavy burdens. Hannah, that dear lady in First Samuel 1, a godly lady. A lady whose tears had flowed for many a day. Penina certainly didn't help matters. Her husband didn't understand. But Hannah cast it upon the Lord. She multiplied to pray, as First Samuel 1 verse 12 tells us. David had his burdens. Psalm 61. When my heart is overwhelmed, when I am swamped. I told you the sense of that word before, overwhelmed. Gives a sense of being hit by a great wave. It just takes the feet from below you. You neither know whether you're coming or going. And he has to say, lead me to the rock. Because I can't even get there. Moses, the meekest of all men. He had them. He spent 40 days before God over one. Paul the Apostle had his burdens and discouragements. Well, you know something very personal about the burden. Cast thy burden. Your burden's not mine. My burden's not yours. Cast thy burden, that which is peculiar to thee. And I say in 2020, whatever situation we find ourselves in, that situation, cast thy burden upon the Lord. The Lord would have us know that. Not just for this year. But for the rest of our lives. Until Jesus comes and glory dawns. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. The burden in view. Secondly dealing with the burden. Verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. The word cast as you know. It's a verb. It denotes action. Required of the believer, cast. The word cast is the word shalak. It means cast away. Offload it. 
It's used in a, a very beautiful text. Go to the book of Micah, please, with me. Micah chapter 7. Go there, please. Micah chapter 7. Words that thrill the heart of every believer and to any unsaved here, I say to you, you think about these words because this desperately needs to happen to you. Micah 7 verse 19. Please turn there. Micah 7 verse 19. Micah 7 verse 19. Micah 7 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast, there's the word, cast all their sins into the depth of the sea. It means get rid of them, move it, give it over. They're cast away. And the word cast, going back to Psalm 55. Cast off the load, set it upon the Lord, give it to him. Give it to him. Spurgeon said, His wisdom cast it on thee, it's thy wisdom to cast it on him. Cast thy lot on him. Go to first Peter five a moment, please. First Peter five. Look with me there just a moment. First Peter five, verse seven. Casting all your care upon him, all your distresses, all your concerns, all your care. Again, the personal nature of your care. Casting all your care upon him. And again, the thought is of casting it, it it gives a sense of closeness. Both these texts, cast thy burden upon the Lord, Psalm 55, 1 Peter 5, casting all your care upon him. But the thought is, come back to the psalm, the thought of casting, it gives the thought of closeness with the Lord. You couldn't give something to anybody that you didn't go near. That would just be impossible. It gives the thought of closeness, of intimacy. Cast your burden upon the Lord. And in the case of the believer here, it's casting it upon the Lord. The same way as a ship in the storm casts her burden on the anchor. Oh, I say, the best way to to ease thyself of, of that load is to cast it upon one that can carry it. Because the burden will come. Wealth won't stop it. Health won't stop it. It'll come. And the psalmist says, Casting thy burden upon the Lord. What will be the result of that casting? The result of that casting will be seen also in verse 22 of Psalm 55. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. The word sustain, it means hold, receive, nourish you. He'll hold you. He'll keep you up. It's the same word that Joseph used to his brethren in Genesis 50. Fear not, I'll nourish you. I'll sustain you. Let me tell you something. You and I get weary of burdens. And they get so hard to deal with. And you're in a burden and you're carrying it. And I tell you, you'll go through every emotion. You think of Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah 39 a moment, please. Go to Jeremiah 39. 
Sorry, Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3. Sorry. Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3, verse 55. Lamentations 3, verse 55. I called upon thy name, O Lord. Out of the low dungeon. I want you to understand. There's far more in view here. Than just a physical dungeon that Jeremiah is in. Lamentations 3.55. I called upon thy name O Lord. Out of the low dungeon. But look at the emotions of this believer. Look at the emotions in verse 56. Thou hast heard my voice. Hide not thine ear at my breathing. At my cry. Do you see the three items there? There's the voice, there's the breathing, there's the cry. And what Jeremiah is saying in this condition that he's in, this dark place that he's been brought to, at times there's a voice he can raise. At other times there's only a breathing, there's only a sigh to heaven. You know the way it is, dear brother and sister, when you just don't know what to say. And words just fail you. And it's just a sigh going to heaven. Or the end of the verse, at my cry. Or at other times, the tears just flow. Let me say something, my brother and my sister this morning, wherever you are. God hears the breathing. You say, Lord, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to say this. He reads your sigh. He knows what those tears trickling down your cheekbone mean. And he comes running to them. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Verse 57 of Lamentations 3. The voice, the breathing, the tears, they were all heard in heaven. We get weary. We get exhausted. We say to ourselves, I don't know how much more I can take. Omnipotence knows nothing of weariness. Cast it upon him. He can hold you in it. Maybe I speak to some today, young or old, you feel them sinking under trial. Don't know how much more I can take. Cast your burden upon the Lord. The Lord knows nothing of being weary. He carries all his people's burdens. And he carries all his people at the same time. The Lord knows how to get us through them. The Lord knows how to get us through them. Go with me to Luke chapter 15 a moment please. Luke chapter 15. And look with me there at verse number 5. It's the parable of the lost sheep. And the thought is the sheep's exhausted. The sheep's weary. 
But look at verse 5, because there's somebody has one, went to find the sheep. Look at verse 5, and when he have found it, he left it on his shoulders. The sheep's exhausted, but the shepherd lifts it and carries it. He comes tenderly to where that sheep is, exhausted, wearied burdened whatever terms you want to use and the Lord comes the shepherd comes great picture of what Christ does for the sinner but look at verse 5 and when he have found it he lay of it on his shoulders rejoicing but look at verse 6 and when he cometh home now do you see that there is no divide between he carrieth it and when he cometh home dear people understand this when Christ finds the sinner He carries the sinner the whole way home. The whole way to heaven. He carries the sinner. Because that's what it's a picture of. The sheep's lost. But there's a shepherd comes. He lifts the sheep. He sets it on his shoulders. That position, that part of strength. And he carries the sheep the whole way home. The whole way home. From the moment the shepherd finds the sheep until he gets at home. And let me just make this clear. I don't know the difficulties that were in that journey from the shepherd found that sheep to he got at home. But since the sheep was on the shepherd's shoulders and being carried, the difficulties in the journey would have been dealt with by the shepherd. He would have worked his way through them. And he would have got the sheep safely. Home. Home at the end. You see there are times we can feel. Thinking of this another way. Going back to Psalm 55. There are times we can feel. No one cares. There are times you can feel no one's interested. There may be a certain amount of truth to that. Not everywhere, but there may be a certain amount. But on the other hand, it's completely wrong. Because Christ is interested. Christ is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Our Lord's the sympathizing Savior. He's the weeping Savior. Think of that beautiful moment when he wept over Jerusalem he wept over those people that had no love for him think of that other moment when he wept in John 11 why did he weep in John 11 he wept when he saw Mary and Martha weep Such was the compassion, such was the tenderness in the heart of Jesus Christ that he saw those two women weep and he wept. He wept. Maybe others tossed to and fro with temptation. Tossed to and fro with a storm. The storm has engulfed you. Go 
quote in Matthew 14 a moment. This thought still of casting it upon the Lord. What did Peter do here? Matthew 14. Matthew 14. And Peter's singing. And he is singing. Matthew 14 verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, Lord, save me. And immediately, verse 31, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. The word caught, it means to take hold of, to lay hold upon. And the minute the Lord caught him, he held him and took him safely into the ship. The Lord caught him. The Lord held him. Sometimes in the trial, we say we've lost the Lord. I'll tell you this. The Lord has never lost you. You think of Acts 27. Paul is on that ship. Paul tells us in that account, they thought it was over. Paul would have had no idea where that ship was. No idea. He had no idea where he was. He just knew he was engulfed in a storm. But I'll tell you this. There was a God in heaven who knew exactly where he was. And sent an angel to go to him. Give that man a word. It's going to be okay. I'm going to get you through it, Paul. I'm going to get you through it, Paul. I know where you are. What about being strengthened under the burden? Go to Genesis 49 as we cast it upon the Lord. The strength that that brings. Genesis 49, verse 23 and 24. Look with me there. It's Joseph and it's a description of what happened to him. Genesis 49. That time in his life when he was treated so badly. Genesis 49, 23. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. Verse 24, but, see the, see the change in the, in the direction of the thought. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Joseph went through an awful time. The word grieved there, in verse number 23, it means vexed. The word hated, that means opposed. There was great animosity against him, he was hated. But I say to this to you, when you think of what Joseph went through, but it didn't crush him because he, the text tells us the Lord came and strengthened him and he was made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. God not only sustained him, his hands were made strong and that his purpose for Joseph's life would not be thwarted. You see, what Joseph went through, dear people, was no ordinary situation. Joseph was a holy man. He was a good man. He was a godly man. And yet for a season he has to bear this awful reproach of rape. Because that's what he was accused of. It was also believed against him. But the Lord bore with Joseph and strengthened him and sustained him and brought his servant through it and the purpose failed against him the Lord sustained him go to Isaiah 43 go there please Isaiah 43 as we think about this strengthening 
as we cast the burden upon the Lord. Isaiah 43 verse 2. This is a portion that many pastors read and rightly so they'll read it maybe as somebody's about to get into theatre for operation and they'll bring this portion to the, the believer. Isaiah 43 Look with me there, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Now note there in verse number 2, please, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Note the words will be are in italics. They're not in the original language. They're not in the original Hebrew. Those are written by our translators to give the sense of it. So you could read it like this. When thou passest through the waters, through the rivers... Through the fires, I with thee. What's the Lord saying? When you pass through them, it's you and me. Through the fire, through the water, through the river, I'll be with you. I'll uphold you. I'll strengthen you. I'll get you through it. I know where you are. Oh, I say to everyone here today, who knows what 2020 holds? None of us know. None of us know what this year will hold for us. But there's one that knows. And I don't know what twists and turns it will take. And I don't know what tears will flow from what eyes this year. But here's the Lord's mind on it. It's you and me that'll go through it. It's the Lord who'll get you through it. When those waters come, when the fires come, when the floods all symbolic of the difficulties and the trials of life, the Lord's saying, it's you and me. My omnipotence knows nothing of weariness. My omniscience has no doubts of how to get you through it. It's you and me. Cast your burden upon the Lord. The promise concerning it very quickly. Go back to Psalm 55. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. The word suffer, it means the Lord will not allow it. He will not allow it to overcome you. He won't allow his will for you to be overcome. He won't lose you. He won't let you go. Many times we feel like that, don't we? I said that a moment ago. I'm going to lose the Lord here. No, you're not. Because it's the Lord that won't lose you. I remember counselling a young man one night for salvation. And he had all the doubts and all the taunts of the enemy in his mind about why he shouldn't come to Christ. He said, Preacher, I couldn't keep it. I said, You're 100% correct. I said, God will keep you. Let me make that clear to every sinner in this meeting without Christ. Don't let that thought that you couldn't keep it 
stop you from coming to Christ. You couldn't keep it. We're kept by the power of God. Through faith unto salvation. If any believer in this meeting thinks that you have persevered in the Christian faith for the length of time you're saved because of your own abilities as a Christian, you have lost the plot. You're kept because God keeps you or you wouldn't be kept. You're upheld. And you'll be in heaven not because of you or me or our walk with God. We're kept because the shepherd that found us keeps us and he loses none of his sheep. He carries us home to glory. Doesn't mean that sometimes we won't fail. Of course we'll fail. But it means that our failures are not final with the Lord. The Lord will not suffer the righteous to be moved. He will not allow it to happen. You see, whenever the Lord, and I say this reverently, that day when he presents his bride before the Father, he will present those that were given to him. He will present those that the Father trusted him with. Now you know what a shepherd does. A shepherd is employed to look after the sheep. And there's many dangers for sheep. But if a sheep is lost, it's the shepherd's fault. Something overcame the shepherd. Something came when he wasn't looking or maybe he wasn't alert, but he lost the sheep. Because the shepherd was employed by whosoever the sheep were to look after those things. Dear people, the Father gave a flock unto Christ. And trust me, he won't lose any of them. Because of his omnipotence, our shepherd can't be overcome. Because of his omniscience, he can't be outwitted because he knows everything. The devil can't beat him. And because of his omnipresence, he can't be outmaneuvered. And therefore he will take his flock and he will present them all before the Father with exceeding great joy. And he'll save them all at different times. And he'll bring them all from different backgrounds and different nations. And he'll save some as little children. And he'll save some as adults. And he'll save some in old age. And he'll save some minutes before they die. I've often thought about the thief on the cross. Anybody in Jerusalem that saw that thief go out to die that day, the one that was converted I'm talking about, they believed he perished. But 30 years after his death, when the book of Luke was written, they realized he didn't. Right in the final moments. God saved that man. Right in the final moments. And it wasn't known for 30 years. And if the book of Luke hadn't been written, it would never have been known. Oh, the sheep will be presented. 
The sheep will be presented because their security is the shepherd. What about this? Christ's merit will also protect us and sustaining us. Let me show you a picture of that merit of Christ. Go to John 18 a moment, please. Go to John 18. John chapter 18. We're in the Garden of Gethsemane here. The sheep are here. The shepherd's here. John 18. And the mob have come for Christ. But look at John 18 verse 6. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Now I want you to note that. As soon as he said, I am. Because the word he's in italics. That great name of God. And when Christ declares it, and there's probably about 800 to 1,000 people here, of this mob that have come for the Savior. And when Christ says, I am, the mob all fell backwards. By the way, let me say something on that point. You watch these nutcases of charismatics. And they swing their coat Benny Hinn for one. And the people all fall backwards. Well the only time in the Bible when people fell backwards it was the enemies of the cross. That's who fell backwards. Because the people of God stood. You see there were 11 others that didn't fall. Were they not sinners also? Oh yes they were. But they were under the atonement, under the merits of Christ. And do you see that? The deity of Christ, dear people, is a terror to the sinner, but it's a comfort to the saint. The enemies fell in the garden, but those that were under the, those that were under the Christ and under the shepherd, they stood. They were sinners every bit as much as the others, but they're under the atonement. They stood in the garden. The others fell. And therefore again I say, The Lord cast thy burden upon the Lord. He'll sustain thee. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. He will not allow it. And when you go into 2020, and I go into it, and I have no idea what's coming for any of us. But I'll know this. There's one in this portion telling us, here's how to deal with it. Cast it upon the Lord. Rest in that security which surrounds you. Rest in the everlasting arms. Rest in who you are in Christ. You say, preacher, in 2019 I fell badly. I failed so awfully. You didn't fall away. You know why? Go to Deuteronomy 33 as I close. And every believer falls. But look at Deuteronomy 33 verse 27. Deuteronomy 33 verse 27. The eternal God is thy refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Now think about that text with me. Underneath are everlasting arms. The arms of the Lord are everlastingly under us. What does that tell us? That no believer, no redeemed soul can fall any further than into the everlasting arms. 
there's where we fall to. See, you couldn't keep it and neither could I. But even when we fail, and we do, and we will in 2020, even when we do, you understand something, brother and sister, you are never going to fall any lower than the everlasting arms of Christ. There's where you fall into. Because underneath and round about, as the old chorus says, are the everlasting arms of a Saviour's love. What an encouragement. Yeah, at times we don't know what to say. Can't get any words. That's the burden. But I'll tell you this. Whether it's words, tears, or a sigh to heaven, God's reading it. God's hearing you. He knows where you are. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. He'll sustain thee. Because he will not allow those that are trusting in him to be moved what of those here maybe that aren't saved I have to say something to you you're in the worst place on God's earth that's where you're at you're going into 2020 a breath from perishing and no everlasting arms below you and in these opening moments and I use that term of 2020 I say to you come to Christ think about your soul because if you lose that soul You've lost it. And it's a loss that is irrecoverable. And it's a loss that can't be reversed. And therefore, for the sake of the soul that God has given you, come to Christ immediately. Bishop J.C. Ryle, I pastored a flock in Liverpool. Why there? Bishop J.C. Ryder was the first Anglican bishop of that city. He said this one day as he closed worship, as he appealed to the unsaved, you don't have to be a great sinner to go to hell. Just keep coming to church and never come to Christ. Just keep listening and never believing. Just keep hearing the word and never obey it. And by and by, you'll be a lost, perishing soul. Today, if you hear his voice, come. To those that are the Lord's, cast it all upon him this year he's able to bear you and he's able to bear the burden and he'll carry you he'll not lose you 
He'll not let you go. You're leaning on the everlasting arms. May God write his word in every soul for his name's sake. Lord, take your word, apply it to every heart. Write it upon every soul. Who knows what's ahead, but thou dost know. Carry us. Help us. Support us. Comfort us. Dry our tears. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.